Welcome to Season 3 of Between Two Blue Devils, a podcast about the amazing educators, students, alumni, and citizens of beautiful Talmadge, Ohio. This season is going to be the best season yet as we sit down with people who have incredible stories to share and who are having an impact on our kids, in our community, and in our world. Now be sure to subscribe on whichever podcasting platform you listen to your podcasts on. If you like what you hear, please leave a review and give the podcast a rating. This is how we get the message out about our amazing schools and community. Now, crank up the volume, grab some coffee, kick up your feet, and get ready to be wowed as Season 3 begins. Well, welcome back to Between Two Blue Devils. This is season three. This is our very first episode of season three, and I'm your host, Mark Horner, and I'm incredibly excited to be back. It has been a long hiatus since our last episode of season two, and a lot has happened. A lot has changed here in Talmadge, Ohio, and a lot has changed in our world. Uh, And so what we hope to do this morning, as I interview my newest guest and a very good friend of mine, is just bring a little positivity and uh, spread a little joy uh, as you listen to this. And so without further ado, I'd like to take a moment and introduce you to Mrs. Irene Stazak, our newest guest, episode number 35. Yeah. 35 episodes in and you're our 35th. And guess what? What? We're before a live audience. It's the first time this has happened in a long time. So we're going to give you a round of applause. I love this. I yeah. do. It well, makes me more comfortable. Thank well, you. yeah, you know what? It's, uh, it's awesome to be in front of students again. Uh, we are at full capacity, and um, I think we did one episode during season two in front of like four students being on that hybrid. But that was the thing that I love so much about season one before COVID hit is that it was in the classroom and kids got to hear from their, their teachers and administrators and educators and got to know them and got yeah. to be a part of the process. Uh, and, and now we're back to that. So how's your year going? Honestly, it's going really well. Um, but <laughs> I actually, you talk about teaching shape. Now I'm actually thinking about this teaching shape thing because because of last year in the pandemic and having seven kids in a classroom. And it's not that I had less to grade because I had that the same amount of students. But for whatever reason this year, I feel like I can't keep my head above water. I just can't keep up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I have three preps, so that's a little bit different for me this year. Mm-hmm. But still, I, I feel like everything is a much faster pace, which I love. I'm not complaining one bit. I'm so happy everybody's back. I'm so happy to just kind of get back to a little bit of normalcy. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, almost, we're almost there with some new normals. But, yeah, I, so it's going really well in terms of school. You know, it's, you bring up a really interesting point, uh, and we were, I can't remember which of my colleagues here in the West Wing, uh, we were chatting about it. We've gone from quarantine, so March, you know, on March 13th, the world as we knew it comes to an end, and then we roll into a hybrid year, and it really was a completely different pace, you know, and so a year and a half, essentially, of, of one pace and then abruptly into this where it is a dead sprint as an yes. educator yes you know i mean our administrators 100%. have been buried in their offices every single day um somebody mentioned online i saw a meme or something about nobody understands september fatigue better than than teachers 
Yeah, and especially this year. Because the other thing is all the all the new technology that now you've been using a lot of this for a long time, but a lot of us haven't. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the things that we incorporated in our classrooms last year that we were learning about and trying to do, we're still trying to keep up with that while we do the live stuff too. And it, I, I feel like that makes it harder because I see the significance and the, you know, the advantages sure. of using that, but it's hard. It's, I, I don't know. I feel like it's a balance and it's, it's hard to find that balance right now. Yep. Just keep yeah. on running. <laughs> well, it's balance. And then there's the psychological aspect of it because, um, for me personally, as I get older, the energy levels go down. Like last night I got home and I had nothing to do and I thought when I was heading home, uh, here's an opportunity for me to pick up something new or to study something new. And I just sat there and ha after having looked at my computer all day and then um, just trying to exercise a little bit and then trying to, to plan a good meal, a healthy meal, then I sat down and I, I told my wife, I'm like, I'm exhausted. Uh, I just don't know where to begin. And it is, it's, you know, you're constantly trying to, to grow and transition into a 21st century teacher. You're trying to embrace technology. You're trying to embrace strategy. And let's be honest, I, if, if there's anybody in our audience that says that COVID didn't affect them emotionally, they're, they're probably not being 100% honest with us. There's that aspect of it as well. Yeah. You know, we're, we're kind of beat up coming out of this. And, it, and um, it doesn't matter how what your position is it, it affects you yeah right oh yeah for sure so it's I mean uh, I saw it in all three of my kids it affected them each differently can I ask how so um, well my son the especially the first that first quarantine he was in kindergarten and he just kind of regressed like so much and and you guys will I don't know if you remember this when you were little but uh, it's kind of a struggle to get your kid comfortable being gone every day and happy you know at school and he was he was doing fine um and progressing along you know with his education but socially too well then you bring them back and they're sitting at home every day all day and especially in kindergarten trying to learn online that was a struggle it was a struggle for us all because hmm. both steve and i are both teachers so we're trying to teach our classes while we help our kids especially him he was five six sorry no, he was five. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, it's he was, okay. He was in kindergarten. That was a long time ago. <laughs> you know, it seems, like, it seems like it was 10 years so, ago. I know. So um, he just kind of regressed. Like, he didn't want to go to school anymore. He didn't want to, he didn't want to, like, talk. Like, he would, you know, because then they couldn't do play dates because nobody was going anywhere. But he couldn't. He, he didn't want to call his friends and, like, be on FaceTime and play video games together. Like, he didn't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. He just was just kind of at home, and that was... That's tough. Yeah, I didn't like that. Plus, sorry, Stephen, if you ever listen to this, he got on my nerves really bad because all he was just hanging on me like crazy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, I need space. I would just yeah. go on walks and just leave the house because I just needed to get my own space from that. Sure. Uh, my daughter's... Um, Kira at the time was in fifth grade. She was so bummed out because she was in Mr. Brian's class. And she loved his class and just was so sad not to go back and miss their kickball game. You know, don't, did you guys have like a kickball tournament or something in fifth grade? So she was so bummed about that that she didn't get that. And so those little things that you think as adults, you're like, oh, well, whatever, it's a kickball game. But like you look forward to that. Like when you're at Monroe, that's what you look forward to as a fifth grader. Oh, my gosh, I can't wait for that. 
you know, and uh, she didn't get that. She didn't get the end of year stuff, like in the little graduation that they get. So to her, in her little world, that was a humongous deal, sure. you know. So that really just kind of upset her. But but she, you know, she has her own like ways of dealing with things. She's a quiet kid, will read and stuff. Um, then there's Layla, who I think she was made for quarantine and online learning. That kid, <laughs> she puts a list. Here's what I'm gonna do, and she was told she was actually fine. It almost worried me. I, I didn't know if she was really fine, and she just wasn't saying anything. You know, I would like check in with her, but she she seemed to to be okay with it, hmm. um, with the the full online. And then last year, after a while in the hybrid, she was getting really tired of not seeing everybody. Sure. Um, whereas Kira loved that was my sixth grader last year. She loved the going to school one day and then being home. She loved that downtime. And she needs that downtime. She's a homebody. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting to see how all three of my kids handled it. It really kind of opened my eyes for, like, how you guys may have handled it. Like, some of my students, like, disappeared off the face of the earth. They didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. But in school, if I had them in class, they were engaged in doing stuff. It was the strangest thing to me how they just were done. They, they especially the, in March of 2020, I had some kids in stats class who just – we're done. Mm -hmm. They barely checked in. They, they, they just went and worked, and or they were just at home. I don't know. It sure. was it was very strange, but yeah, I think everybody was affected by it, one hundred percent. I look at uh, the way my two kids responded as well, and of course with my daughter, you you start to see the residual effect. Like my daughter's very much like me. She is she's very social. My son's a little bit more introverted. Uh, my son was was like Kira or, or like uh, Layla, where she she was the one who put all the, the list yeah, and everything. That's how routine. Noah was. He would get up like clockwork at the, at the same time every morning early, and then he would attack his class, and then he would work out, and then he'd do the other class, and then he I mean he was just really regimented. Um, but for me, if I were in high school, I would have been a lot more like my daughter. Was it was a struggle and and not sure what time I would get up, and I would probably be the kid who would have stayed up all night playing video games and then slept all day. <laughs> Uh, or found a job and um you know just watching the two of them and now now Kelsey's have, having to go through like a major readjustment in college where she's got to go back after a year and a half of some strange habits yeah. coming into place she's had to break them in, in order to deal with the regiment of college well so, and the pace and the, the pace, pace yeah. that she's going at now has got to yeah. be hard to adjust to yeah so it has been there's certainly going to be a lot to analyze and to study and to look at psychologically as as we you know, drift further from that Friday the 13th and then readjust to whatever COVID's gonna look like. It's so. like they planned that. We're just gonna wait till Friday the 13th so everybody remembers that it was Friday the 13th. Because yeah. none of us will ever forget that. No, no, it is a, we, we talked about it in a history class and probably mentioned it here. It's a watershed moment, it's a turning point in all of our lives uh, where life has never been the same and will never be the same. You know, some parts will look semi normal, but. Um, I know people hate that phrase, but there's certainly a new normal that's kind of uh, oh, settling in. 100%. So, you know, so you mentioned your kid's name and, and you mentioned Steve's name. Tell us a little bit about, uh, you mentioned, you know, how old your kids are, but, you know, tell us a little bit about your, your husband. Oh, well, um, we went to high school together, but we didn't know each other. I mean, we knew who each other was, but uh, he was best friends with my neighbor growing up, so that's how I knew who he was, and then we just kind of... Uh, reconnected after college and he was at the time so I was not a teacher yet 
I, God, this, this could just take an hour and a half, but I'll go really fast. <laughs> I was in, um, I was doing technical analysis um, and I had my Series 7 license on stocks and bonds and mutual funds and all that stuff. So I was working at a securities firm. Huh. Uh, did you, you didn't know that about that, me? I didn't know that, no. Okay. And, and at the same time, I was tutoring at Sylvan Learning Center. So okay. that's what I was doing after college when I decided not to go to medical school because that's all I planned to do my entire life was be a doctor until I actually thought about what I wanted to do in my life. I just thought I wanted to be a doctor. So. Well, I don't mean to interrupt you, okay. but so you wanted to be a doctor so because... So my entire life, okay, so my dad was a surgeon, um, he's retired now, and I have two older sisters, and he always said he wanted one of us to be a doctor. Well, neither one of them did it, so I just assumed I'd be the one, and he always hmm. told me that I would be a great surgeon, and and you know, I, I was always that, my parent it was like, I always wanted to please my parents, that was me growing up, mm -hmm. I never wanted them to be upset with me. I saw how my sisters were. One was the rebel. One always had, you know, other issues. <laughs> um, and I just, and it upset my parents so much. I always wanted to be the one that didn't upset them. So are I you the young, you're the I'm youngest. I'm the youngest. Okay. So I don't, I don't remember thinking I want to be a doctor to please them. But looking back now, I can see that that's what I was doing. Uh, so I always planned to do it. I was good at math and science and I just figured that makes sense. So. I went to college at Miami of Ohio, and um, I was a, it's called a zoology major, um, which was just the animal biology. Uh, and I had a minor in stats, and I took the MCATs my junior year, I did okay. But I had this one bad grade my sophomore year in college, because by the way, college kicks your butt, so whatever you're learning in high school, try and take that times a thousand and to, to college. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and then, and then like, I didn't get into medical school right away and I got waitlisted um, at Neo-UCOM, which was odd because a Neo-UCOM, that's Neo-Med now, mm -hmm. because some kids will go right out of high school, do two straight years of undergrad and go right into medical school. Like you'll get accepted out of high school if you hmm. wanna do that. So I went and I met with somebody at the school and I said, what do I need to do to get in? And they said, see this C in organic chemistry? You just need to retake that class, and I think you'll be all right. Just reapply. I said, oh, okay. I got up. I walked out. I said, yeah, I don't want to be a doctor. I, mean, I literally, that's <laughs> literally all it took was somebody to tell me I had to take OCHEM again. I was like, no, no. <laughs> and I really, and I don't regret that decision one bit. And it's like, it's like that sometimes in your life that you just have that aha moment. And you go, oh, okay, now I know. I don't know what I want to do. But I know I don't want to do this, and I didn't. You know, do I think I could have? Yeah, I think I could have. It would have been easy to go back and take one class. I mean, who cares? But, but it's organic chemistry. God, I know that was so. It was that was the hardest class I ever took in my life. Yeah, Kelsey's uh, plowing her way through that right now. Oh my gosh, already? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's organic chemistry, and I'm pretty sure she had the same response as you that she's like, I think I'm going to rethink my major. <laughs> so. I mean, it's like one of those weed out courses. They yeah. they say like. We're, if you really, really, really want this, you yeah. will work hard at this class. And I felt like I was working hard, but that was one of those classes, and, and you guys might know like how this feels. Have you ever been in a class where you have no idea what's going on, you don't even know what to ask? Like you, there was not even a question you could ask because you're like, mm -hmm. I have no idea. That was me, and that was hard. I was valedictorian in high school. Like I was always the smart kid, 
and I'm looking at this stuff going, I, I have no clue, mm. you know? And only thing I remember from OCHEM is there's an Irene Bond, and that's my name. So that's <laughs> the only thing I remember. <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, so I walked out of that meeting, and I was like, well, I'm glad I met with her because I know now I don't want to be a doctor. Sure. So anyway. So and so then you switched. So to- I, I moved home after college and was trying to figure out where I wanted to, what mm-hmm. I wanted to do. In the meantime, I worked at Esber Beverage in Canton because I knew the owners, and I just worked there to make money, and I, um, and I was a server and bartender. Like, I just did those kinds of jobs until I could figure out what I wanted to do. Um, all through college, though, and in high school, I tutored math all the time. I was a peer tutor in college, too. Like, that football team and the basketball team were forced to get tutored. <laughs> and so, Wally Zerbiak, do you remember Wally Zerbiak? Oh, yeah. Oh, down there, really? I tutored him in calculus. No kidding. He was super smart. He actually probably taught me a few things. So yeah, um, these kids don't know who that is, know. but they can He's, catch him on yeah. uh, T, uh, W uh, what TNT on the NBA show yeah, and yeah. watch him. You ever see Wally Zerbiak? He might still have the eyebrows too. I don't he know. does have the eyebrows. Yeah. Anyway, Wally, he, if you're he listening, and I went to college together. Irene likes your eyebrows. So. <laughs> we did. <laughs> We didn't know a lot each of other. Pe- a lot of people liked his eyebrows <laughs> when he was in college. We had, there, were, there were a large number of, of Jen and her roommates who wanted to go watch the Zips play Ohio University when Wally was in town. So, Miami University. I mean, Miami. That's when, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was a good-looking guy, um, everybody thought. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so I, 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 I remember sitting down and tutoring him, like, why am I tutoring this person? He's smarter than I am. And, uh, but they were just forced, they just did, all the teams there had to take a certain amount of tutoring hours or something. Well, anyway, so I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I mean, listen, like you're, I'm talking, I was graduated from college. I'd already gone through my four years with my major. I'd already done everything that you think that you're gonna do to have the rest of your life, to have your career. And I, I didn't have a career. And most of you won't have a career coming out of college. And that's, mm. That's my, my lesson to you is that's okay. But do as much as you can, whether it's volunteer stuff, taking certain classes, like do things to help you learn about yourself. Um, so that way when you kind of are reflecting on things, you you go, oh, look at that. I, I tutored math a lot. I seem to actually do pretty good at that. I never really considered teaching it. But what it took was I, I um, started tutoring at Sylvan Learning Center mm-hmm. because to tutor math there, you didn't have to be a teacher. So I, I also, to appease my dad, who was so upset that I didn't have a career yet, and every morning he'd be like, what are you gonna do today? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I have to go to work at some point. And this was after <laughs> I graduated. And he would, every day, did you send a resume out? Have you, are you gonna do something? I'm like, I don't know, dad, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I was, it was depressing for me. Sure. I thought I knew what I was doing in my life. I didn't know what I was doing, but whatever. And they moved to Portage Lakes, um, from Talmadge, so I grew up in Talmadge, but I moved home after college to a completely brand new house in a different city, and that was kind of stinky too. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a beautiful house, but well, there's just a lot of changes, and yeah. you know when you're when you're working your way through those first couple years of college, uh, even four or five, and then you graduate, there's a lot going on upstairs that you know you're you're trying to figure yourself out, you're trying to find direction, and when you insert yeah. a whole lot of change. It disrupts the process and so it's uh, you know the frustration you were feeling is natural and I was always that person like my friendships were always so important to me and mm-hmm. 
I miss my friends. Sure. I mean, you're at college for four years. I, I had really the same core group of friends all four years in college, just the way it worked out from the dorm and stuff. And uh, yeah, I remember getting in my U-Haul truck by myself. I moved my, my furniture in my U-Haul truck by myself after a couple of days after graduation. And I drove to this house that I'd never been at before. Um, so yeah, I was just kind of depressed. And I'm like, Dad, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. So he begged me. He said, I think you'd be really good at working with stocks. I'm like, what are stocks? I don't even know what stocks are. And I didn't. <laughs> Listen, I didn't. That's a whole other lesson for you. Learn about the world before you become an adult so you don't look like an idiot like I did. Um, I don't worry. I they're all investing in Dogecoin, so they're good in Ooh, crypto. So that's we're, right. Uh, they're that's all ahead right. of the curve. Well, I, uh, I, I said, fine. I will go meet with him. His name was Ron Dunk. I remember he worked at First Union Securities. He was my dad's stockbroker. And Ron needed an assistant to help him oversee some, um, he, he had these like, he had these retirement accounts for people where they had like a basket of stocks to, for the retirement account. So all, all of these people had the same investment or not the same monetary investment, but the same stocks and stuff. Anyway, I just remember thinking, okay, I don't even know what stocks are, but sure, I will go, I will meet with him. And I went there and you know, I didn't know, I didn't realize at the time how much math and graphs and trends and patterns really did actually interest me until I walked in this guy's office. This half hour meeting I was supposed to have turned into three hours. Wow. He had all these computer screens. He was showing me all these graphs and explaining to me what he does compared to what some other stockbrokers do. And, and, and the gist of it was that he did watch the news to see you know, when certain stocks would go up and down, but he really followed the graphs. He would take the, the five-year graphs, the one-week graphs like of the stocks, and they would go up in price and down and up and down. And you could actually trend it out. Um, if you ever remember from algebra, like best fit lines, like you would actually make a best fit lines with the high points and the low points in the middle. Hmm. And you could predict where it, where it would reach a peak where you could sell or where it would reach like a valley where you could buy. Um, those patterns didn't always last, but short term, they they were actually pretty, pretty good unless something bad in the news happened. Mm -hmm. So it was really fun. So anyway, wow. I loved it. So I started working there. Full circle back to my husband, who you asked about. Yeah, that's what we would always strike up a conversation about because he was, from the time he was young, his uncle got him into stocks and stuff. So we just somehow had these conversations at a bar. Like you know, nobody has conversations like that when they. <laughs> when they're 21 you were the years couple old, out in the corner like uh, chatting yeah stocks we're, and, bonds. and so it just we that's just kind of how we got wow. to know each other like that so for clarification did Steve did you both graduate the same year no he was a year behind me He's 96. a year behind okay I was a 95 grad all right and so 1995 everybody <laughs> that's all right I'm 1990 I was trying to tell my chiropractor last night he was telling me about his five-year reunion from chiropractor school and I'm like dude you're looking year. at 32 years out of high school and when I say that I'm like I feel like I should doesn't be even seem real because I remember the Smithsonian being or something yeah, it's, just like, <laughs> no. wow, it's a long time uh, well that's that's fascinating it's funny how the, so that common interest brings you guys together you start talking uh, you start seeing each other well, no, he had a girlfriend. <laughs> I didn't know, and we weren't seeing each other, just to clarify. But because I really liked him, and I felt like he liked me, my sisters talked me into calling him up. This was pre-cell phones. OK, 
okay, we, we had cell phones, but like you didn't just give out your number. I don't know. Like I had one right after college, but I looked up, you know, in the in the phone book. In the yellow you know, pages. <laughs> and I found his phone number, his parents at his parents' number, and I called. Thank God he answered. That's so funny. He answered, and I and they talked to me and asking him out because I I got invited to a wedding for the first time, like with a plus one. So they're like, why don't you take that Steve guy you've talked about? I was like, I'm not gonna just ask him to a wedding. What? Nobody does that. They're like, we'll call him up and ask him out for coffee or something after work someday. And they're like, he say, I'm sure he'll say yes. Why would he say no? Well, he said no. <laughs> <laughs> he said no because he's like, well, I have a girlfriend. And I was like, oh. Okay, so I hung up the phone super quick. That was the most embarrassing conversation of my entire life. Um, and I avoided him for like six months after that. So but then eventually they broke up and he ran into me on purpose. Well, yeah, he, he, they broke up because you planted the seed of interest. <laughs> He's like, whoa. Yeah. Well, and, anyway, that, that story, <laughs> that story is always, always funny. Like it was told at our wedding, you know, and they're like, oh, and, he, and she asked him out and he said no. And it's, you know, it's funny. That's so funny. So that was, wait, what year are we? That was 21 and a half years ago where I asked him out. So girls, if you don't have a date for homecoming yet, you go ask somebody. There you go. <laughs> don't take no for don't an answer. Don't just sit around and wait. Just go ask. That's right. And if they say no, don't worry. Go, right. <laughs> they're lost. They're lost. 100% they're lost. Yeah, they're lost. So, well, you know, so now if we fast forward to... September of 2021, you're a teacher and he's a teacher and you're both teaching in Talmadge City Schools. How, how did all that transpire then? Because Steve didn't begin, he didn't start an no. education either, did he? No, he was working at his uncle's business, Esterly Mold and Machine, um, and he was, they basically wanted him to run the entire plastics division. He just really didn't like that very much. Um, and at the time we, we were married and he would just see me hang out in the summers. I mean, truthfully, I think that's what sparked his interest at first. Oh. He's like, wait a minute, why am I getting up, going to work at six in the morning, getting home at six o'clock in the evening? And, you know, and that he just didn't enjoy it at all. And he always enjoyed coaching and everything. And we talked a lot about it for a long time. And um, so it was a long thought out plan because we saved up money, then he quit his job and he was in school for three and a half years. Um, meanwhile, we're having kids, you know, and so then we lived, we lived off of what we saved and then my income while he was kind of a, kind of a stay-at-home dad, but he went to school too. Mm -hmm. um, and then he started working at Akron Public Schools at Litchfield Middle School. Yeah. And he, and he like was a star from the first year. Like he, he was, it was perfect. So however he decided to be a teacher, however that worked out for him, it, it turned out that's exactly what he was meant to do mm -hmm. truthfully he's a he he's a um, intervention specialist special ed teacher and he's just really good at what he does i think those kids at litchfield benefited a ton oh yeah know? i think all the kids benefit from having him but um you know a lot of the kids that he taught didn't have male role models in their life mm -hmm. but him you know so he he was really good for them and he came here he loves talmadge he grew up in talmadge um, our kids are here. Our schedule work better this way. You know, it's it's a different atmosphere, um, you know, for sure, which has its pluses and minuses for mm -hmm. him, you know. But uh, he loves it. And he does, he does a really good job. Well, I think both of you are 
uh, a testimony to the fact that you always eventually get to where you're supposed to go. It's right? the weirdest thing. It, it is. When you look back, how yeah. that how that works out. I think as you get older, you start to learn that making decisions that make your life better and make you happier are what you should be doing. And you're not doing it for other people or what mm. they think you should do. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to do when you're young. You yeah. don't always recognize that's what you're doing, I don't think. Yeah, our listeners who are younger, who are, you know, 17, 18, and they're contemplating the next chapter, it, it's scary. It really is. Uh, our listeners who are older, who are maybe at our stage or even a little bit older, are, are nodding their head in agreement and saying, yep, yep. yeah, there are going to be some tough choices that will be made. There will be some consequences to some of those decisions, good and bad, uh, negative consequences. But things work out. They work out as long as you're you're pursuing things for the right reason, right? Yeah. And I and I think, and then even when I listen to Steve and him, you know, you say maybe at first it was the motivation to have the summers off. Oh yeah, yeah for but, sure. But here's the thing, you see that that was a quick transi- transition. For me it was, I just wanted to coach basketball. That was it. And it took, uh, you know, less than a year for me to just fall in love with the classroom and my aspirations as a basketball coach, they, changed and they dropped drastically and I you know fell in love with with what I do I don't think you could stay in this job more than four or five years if you don't love what you do to some degree what's your favorite part about being a teacher I mean, 100%. The connections. That was the hardest thing for me last year. Is not I didn't feel I had as much connection with my students mm-hmm. because of the masks, because there was fewer students, because there was the... I just felt like the kids didn't feel connected to the school. Mm-hmm. I love pep assemblies, and I love anything with school, anything that has to do with school spirit and community, like school community involvement. I love all that. I think that drives you guys to to just keep on going, even in subjects you don't really want to be at. Like, you just do it because you want the experience, the Talmadge experience. I love that. Yeah, and you know what? So, and I, I want to try to, I want to honor your time, and so there, there are a couple things that we have to address because... Okay. here. But here's the thing about you, and there is a... You know, all of our teachers love our kids. They do. But one of the things that you do so well is you provide opportunities for our kids to really embrace school spirit and community. Uh, And I I don't think a lot of people realize all that you're involved in and how you truly burn the candle at both ends. Uh, Tell our listeners, and and then I'm gonna bring, and I'll bring an ending to this, There's there's a point I wanna make, but what is it that you do here at the school uh, for the kids to try to provide those opportunities? Um, You're on a lot of committee. You do a lot of things. Why don't well, you run and? Okay, so I would put myself in the 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 Hedrick and Giles category. You know where we are the like I'm the junior class advisor, and so I initially when I started that, you know I just thought oh we plan prom, great, but then, you know there's so many things that have come up since that many years ago that I started just planning prom, um, that we just. Julie, Mrs. Hedrick and I would talk about, wouldn't this be cool to do for the kids? Let's do this, let's do that. And we'd find 
these pockets of time throughout the year to just to do things like a dodgeball tournament, which doesn't seem like that, you know, big of a deal, but it just, you know, you guys haven't had recess in how many years? Like that's kind of a recess for you. You know, it just provides some fun in the middle of the day. Um, you know, doing the Battle of the Bands, being able to, to have, you know, an opportunity for people to showcase their talent, um, providing that, you know, not just, it's not just about school spirit with sports. It's about school spirit. It's about like celebrating, you know, what everybody likes to do or is good at or showcasing that stuff. Um, so anyway, so I, I'm the junior class advisor, so we come up with fundraisers for prom. Um, and those and those two are big fundraisers for us dodgeball tournament and battle the bands but it's fun for the kids um, and to come watch and stuff you know you don't I, I sing in a band and I tell the kids this I go I, I don't think you realize the opportunity that these kids that get up on stage have you know we've got like four to five hundred kids in that auditorium to be up in, on stage in front of that many people is not something you're gonna come across very often in your life if that's something you want to do it's hard I mean I sing in a band and it's it's rare to have those festivals and stuff where you have that many people um, around and it's pretty cool if that's what you're into. So mm -hmm. I love providing that for them. I love providing that, you know, for the people that just like to go listen. Um, prom itself, you know, that's, that's really, that's a big important thing, especially for seniors at the end of their senior year. Um, we plan things like senior picnic, um, the senior parade, all that year end mm -hmm. senior stuff. And then coming back to the senior stuff at the beginning of the year, like homecoming and all that. So that's generally Mrs. Hedrick um, plans that out. But we, we work together on all that stuff. So there's, there's all the pep assemblies and the homecoming events. Um, and Mrs. Blasco is involved in all that too. I mm -hmm. didn't mention her name. Um, all, I mean, yeah, pep assemblies, the dances, the, the powder puff stuff, which is coming up. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm, I'm got to be missing something. Well, I think the the point is this, and, and and you brought this out so well that you're doing this for the kids. Dodgeball, it's nice to have kind of a recess. Battle of the bands, it's nice to showcase your talents, and you're providing these opportunities. Um, you know, homecoming and prom, these are all kind of unofficial rites of passage for for high school students. And when I look back at over what is, you know, what's taken place with COVID, the effort that the four of you have put in, uh, you and Giles and Blasco and Hedrick, uh, just what you have done, it has made a difference. I mean, I, when I attended prom last year, I remember thinking, okay, there's no dancing. I wonder how the kids are gonna be and all that. I mean, the kids were truly happy. They had a good time because you, and your crew provided an opportunity for them to just kind of sense something that was a little normal and it, and it gave them opportunities to forget about what what's taking place and um and so and then as and i get emotional sorry but well it was your daughter my daughter year. yeah yeah for real you know my daughter's senior year and thinking about how she reflects back on what you did it's um I'm gonna have to edit all this out. No, <laughs> but no, no but it really is. It's, it. it's it's powerful. And so the other thing too is this: uh, you, you mentioned that you are in a band. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about your band. <laughs> we 
Well, it's called the Buck Naked Band. Let's get that out there. Maybe that'll help me get over this teary eye thing. You can just tell <laughs> us the origin of the band's name. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. So the band started in August 2011, and I joined in January 2012. So it was they 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 had the name of the band already because they were a bunch of guys, and then a girl joined the band. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean the Buck Naked Band? What is that? And their logo, you know, was a a silhouette of a, uh, what I assume would be a naked cowgirl <laughs> on a on a buck okay. or a, on a horse I mean so anyway. don't worry I'll put the uh, the warning the, the PG-13 <laughs> warning on the box so anyway um, but it was you know it's a silhouette so yeah. who knows I'm sure she had clothes on <laughs> um, but what kind of music do you okay. sing okay so I sing country I started in a blues and classic rock band loved it um, but I always wanted to sing country and I came across an old friend who started a band, and I just joined them for a couple songs one day up on stage, and then it just kind of spiraled into me being there all the time. Yeah. So we were actually the, the first around here, around the Akron area, to have a guy and a girl singer. So we did a lot. We, we cover all whatever's on the radio, basically, country-wise. So it was good. So then we had a ton of songs that we could do because we had a guy and a girl. Mm -hmm. So it kind of covers everything. It, it's nice. I know that you take great pride in your band. I know that your band has quite the following, uh, and they're very popular. And it's nice to have a creative outlet that you can oh. lean into, um, and it's therapeutic. You, know? you mentioned, um, I don't remember if it's in the recording, but it was really good how you talked about wanting to have a podcast, wanting to do something. You always thought, I want to do this, I want to do this, and just jumping in and doing it. Mm -hmm. So um, I always could sing. Maybe, maybe I never felt like I was that good of a singer until in high school I was in musicals and I you know, started to realize, oh, I'm actually pretty good at this. I kind of like it. Um, and then in college, you know, I told you I was going to be a doctor, but there was always that, that in my mind, wait a minute, I love singing. I want to sing country music. I want to be a famous singer. And my... I'll, remember, I'll never forget what my dad said. He was like, millions of people have your talent. What makes you think you're going to be a famous singer? You know, He wasn't trying to be cruel, but it was a little bit mean. Um, and I, and I, I mean, he's not wrong. I actually, I actually had an apartment with two of my friends from college planned in Nashville right after uh, graduation. Really? Yes, because I was going to go to Nashville and go wait tables and try and sing with another friend of mine. Um, I went to Europe for a six week like backpacking trip right after graduation. Um, I met a, my friend out there, my friend from New York, she and I met out there in Spain and we traveled around for six weeks. And when I came back, I chickened out, I didn't go to Nashville. Hmm. And so they changed apartments and I kind of, I feel kind of bad because now looking back, I think oh, they planned on three of us living there and only two of them lived there. So yeah, I chickened out on that, I didn't go. I always wanted to sing in a band. I always did. And then I worked at Delaney's for a long time because my sister and brother-in-law um, owned it, own it. Well, that's a long story too. <laughs> um, and so I, I just remember always bothering this other girl at work because I knew she had used to sing in a band. And I would say, Becky, put a band together. Let's be in a band together. We should sing, we should sing. And I would joke around about it. Finally, one day she just came up to me and said, okay, Irene, I put a band together, you're in. I was like, ooh, I just found out I was pregnant with my first kid. She was like, that's okay. It'll be a while before we, we go out on stage. And so my first band was started, we started practicing in January of 2006. Okay. I only remember that because I was pregnant. I just found out. And then how long did that band last? Um, that band lasted 
Um, so, you remember how I said I started in January of 2012 mm -hmm. with Buck Naked Band? Yeah. I was actually in both bands that year. Um, I, I, and I was doing a duo thing. I, I was very busy that year. Yeah, because I recall going and hearing you sing. At um, Samira. Yeah. Right? With, yeah. with one other guy, like a duo thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that too, one Saturday a month. Okay. I try to talk about burning the candle at both ends. Like, I, I try to do too much. I felt bad. I didn't want to leave the one band. Um, and, but I really wanted to join B&B, &B like, 100% of the time. Yeah. Plus, they didn't want me to miss shows anymore. And so, at the end of 2012, I left my blues band, which was called Beyond Blue and the Voodoo Doctors. Yeah. Or maybe that's the that's, band you that's saw. That's the band I saw, actually, yeah. yeah. And uh, I left them. They continued on for about a year. Um, and then they were done. Uh, so so I was in that band for seven years. Um, and then... <laughs> Our audience cannot see this fly that keeps dive-bombing you. I swear I'm clean. <laughs> and, it's like, and it's staying on that side. He's, he's bugging you and leaving me alone. Um, uh, yeah, so then, I, so then I've been in this band still. That's awesome. Well, what we'll do in the show notes is I'll make sure that I tag, uh, I, I put a link to the, the band. Um, and and we're gonna add Wally Zerbiak for sure. Oh my gosh! And, uh, <laughs> and see if we can get a shout out from him, and um, and, and kind of link link a lot of these in the show notes so that people can hear hear your gift because you really are. I mean, you're an incredible singer. Oh, thank um, you. And, and musician. Uh, in a moment here, I'm gonna allow the audience to ask a few questions if they have any. But I do want to ask you this uh, as we kind of wrap up, and then we'll have some fun with their questions. Do you have like a life mantra or a life quote that you find yourself repeating quite often to your kids in the classroom and your kids at home? Um, you know, for our class in here know. and one of our quotes, you know, we have a quote, uh, you know, the unexamined life is a life not worth living. And that kept popping up as you share your stories because you mentioned how often you spend time in reflection and you reflect back and you see areas of, uh, of growth and, and things like that. Um, any, any, or even, even a uh, piece of advice. Um, yeah, I don't know if I say this all the time, but I feel like, you know, I do kind of stop and give little, my little soapbox, you know, I'm up on my soapbox giving my own little life lessons. Um, whenever I tell anybody a little bit of what I told you today, it's, it's all about, you know, you, you don't necessarily know what you want to do. You guys know what you're interested in, but you don't necessarily know where your life's gonna take you. Nobody could have paid me a million dollars to believe that I would be still living in Talmadge, married to somebody from Talmadge, having my kids go to Talmadge, and teaching in Talmadge. Mm -hmm. I mean, that nobody. I always loved Talmadge, but I didn't think I would live here. I plan on living in a city. I, I really, you know, I, I didn't know. You don't know. So keeping an open mind and just continuing to learn about yourself, um, to then be able to make those decisions later, you know, to, to live the fullest life that you can because of it, I think that's really important. And also, don't, don't wait for your real life to start. Like, oh, well, when real life starts, you know, when I graduate, your real life is now, whether it's your real life as a 17-year-old or your real life as a 23-year-old or whatever, it's, it's real life. Mm. So the things that you're doing is your life now. We don't, don't just keep thinking for the future Certainly, you're doing things for the future, but you got to make sure that you're happy with what's happening now, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love, you, you know, as, as you're sharing that, I'm even thinking about our older listeners and our audience. 
that it's never too late. I mean, you should be on a constant uh, path of growth and you know, engage in lifelong learning and seek areas that you can reinvent yourself um, and, and continue to grow and not discount any experience. Right. You know, like you're saying, it, it really is truly amazing. Uh, it's such great points that you're bringing up. How about this? Now, I, <laughs> I know you're busy, so it's okay if you don't have one, but being an avid book reader that I am, I always ask member and people that I interview, what's, what's their favorite book that they've read or maybe their most influential, or if you're stuck on an island and you can only have one book along with one candy bar, right? What would be that one book? Uh, Firefly Lane. Firefly Lane. Yeah, so I love um, Kristen, Kristen Hanna books a lot. I love books. I love all different kinds of books, honestly. But I just like stories. I fly through books. I don't really read. I'm not really into the detail. I don't care what they're wearing or what the trees look like. I Honestly, I just like to read the story mm -hmm. for whatever reason. So I love books about relationships. I love suspense novels. I love, I love historical fiction. Actually, wait. What's the name? Never mind. My favorite book is Nightingale. I forgot I switched. Because <laughs> <You can laughs> I, I read Nightingale. Nightingale is is probably, I've probably had the most emotional response to a book ever when I read Nightingale. Really? It's a historical fiction book about the French Revolution. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Here's some advice. I tell my class this all the time. Quit saying, oh, my God, I hate English or I hate history or I hate math because even if you don't pursue that in your career, there will be plenty of times in your life where that stuff comes up and then you don't want to look like an uneducated uneducated person. Mm -hmm. For example, history. I never really knew much about history and I didn't get into it. I didn't really enjoy it very much as a kid. Um, and now I wish, you know, you mentioned the watershed moment. I just nodded. I nodded. I had no idea what you're talking about. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, it's a know. turning point. It's just another. Well, I figured yeah. through the context. I mean, I figured that's what it meant. But yeah. where did that come from? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, when you look at, you know, you've got water traveling on a particular path, and all of a sudden it makes an abrupt change and goes a, com a completely different direction. You know, that's your watershed. Okay. Um, and so I thought maybe it was some something that happened in history that I didn't know about. That's what I assumed yeah. because I really feel ignorant when it comes to some of that stuff. So yeah. I. I'm trying to branch out and learn a little bit more. Well, that's cool. That, that's <laughs> lifelong learning. And oh, what yeah. a great model for, for your own kids and for uh, your kids in the classroom. Um, you know, we're always in a constant pursuit of understanding. I wish I could tell you that I was equally excited to learn more about math, <laughs> but that's just not the case right now. Right. <laughs> so, I know. But, it's uh, okay. But I leave that to my wife, and then I listen to my wife, you know, work with... Um, my son or my daughter, because she's in a former life, she was a math teacher, and I listen as all a, uh, just a foreign language still. But um, I always say that's why math and foreign language are in the same hallway, because yeah, really it's a foreign language. It really truly is. So, hey, you know, one of our audience members wants to know what's your favorite song to sing? Oh, gosh. Um, I think right now my favorite song to sing, as long as my voice is clear that night, because sometimes, you know, not always. Um, I think Shallow is my favorite song to sing right now. So, you know, I, I, it's so funny that you would say that because I think another video that I might throw up would be a, um, a, a, video, a video that surfaced recently with you and um, Julie's <laughs> oh, on husband. Facebook. Uh, yeah, on Facebook, singing that song. That was at karaoke. <laughs> yeah, karaoke, yes. Um, but I think Mr. Hedrick should be very thankful that you were there <laughs> to um, over 
to compensate for some um, other noises that were, were <laughs> you know, the other, uh, the other question this individual had was, what's your favorite school event to plan? Oh, I don't know. Right now, so I'm doing a lot more with homecoming right now. Um, that's really fun because homecoming week has a ton of stuff in it. Uh, with spirit week, with the hallway decorating, with the homecoming parade, I would say, I'd say homecoming. But my favorite event by far is Battle of the Bands. That's, I don't love planning that because it's really hard. I don't know if you guys know many musicians or artists, but they're not very easy to pin down and get people there on time. And hmm. and I'm one to talk, you know. But um, but once you get them going, I mean, the show. Show's amazing. Uh, the show's amazing. I, I love being a judge in that and always just being wowed by the talent that our kids have. And, uh, I mean, we have so many talented kids in so many areas, and some of them, just need to share it more boldly. Mm -hmm. They need to be given opportunities to do that. Yes. Um, another question was, and I'm assuming this will be on the website if I if I post a link to um, your band, but the shows and their schedule. Yes. It'll be on there. Yes. All right. We'll make sure we get that up there. We were just at the Riverfront in Cuyahoga Falls for October. Oh, were you down there for October Saturday night? Okay. Yeah. Nice. And I got a message from a student I had a couple years ago. She emailed me. She's like, I don't know if you remember me, but I was there, and I had. I don't know if you remember Eddie Cozart. Like, I, uh -huh. there was former students that were there. Yeah. It's very, it's very cool to run into former students at those things. Yeah. It's fun. That is. And then I tell them to call me Irene, and they're like, "Ooh, I don't know if I can do that." Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so, this is a great question. How did Mr. Stazak purposely run into you after he broke up with his girlfriend? Well, there was one bar that we always happened to be to, to go to. It was like the bar Brew Brewbakers down oh, yeah. downtown Akron. <laughs> Brewbakers, yes. And really? I've come to find out that he would just look for me there, and that's where I would avoid him at. Yeah. I remember I remember running into him once and just trying to get out of the conversation as fast as I could because I was still so embarrassed. Um, and I happened to be well now looking back. See, I was always really clueless about how other like how guys maybe felt about me. I always thought we were just all really good friends. Um, looking back, I'm like, wow, I was an idiot. Clearly they were trying to like get to know me more or whatever. And um, I, I was on what I now realize was a double date that I didn't think was a double date. I thought it was just two girls and two guys who were friends all going to the Indians game. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, st I, I'm, I promise I did not think of it like that. Uh, and and uh, we went to Brewbaker's after and, and Brewbakers had two floors. We were upstairs, and the bathrooms were on the bottom floor, so I went downstairs, and Steve was out for his birth, his 22nd birthday, and uh, he was right by the bar, right by the bathrooms. So I ran into him. And, you know, I was like, decided to be like, oh, how's Christy, you know? He's like, well, actually, we broke up. So in my head, I'm like, okay, play hard to get as I reach a coaster and write my phone number down and hand it to And then I go back upstairs to my, what I thought was not a date date. And then needless to say, that friend of mine was very upset with me um, when he found out, because he was in the Air Force, he was home. And he went back to San Antonio. And then I remember he sent me a dozen roses at that very next Valentine's Day. And I thought they were from Steve, because at that point we were dating and they weren't from Steve. Anyway. Long story short, he was not happy with me. And then he didn't come to our wedding. So, isn't that funny? <laughs> it's funny, girls. I'm telling you what, sometimes you don't even realize. And then you look back someday and you go, oh, he did like me. 
Who knew? Clearly, he didn't try hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. oh, that's so funny. That, that is funny. Do you have any advice for people who may be confused about their careers? Oh, yeah, just take classes. Just, just I mean, if you want to pick a major because you feel the, that you have to pick a major, you can do that. But take those, just take courses and other things if you're going to college. If you're not going to college, or even if you are in college, go volunteer somewhere, go work. At a, at a place that you're not always at, you know, um, do different things, mm -hmm. you know, go volunteer, you know, even if you, or work with different people, like find a job where you work with people of different ages, not just people like you, you'll learn more about things um, in life and you'll, it'll pique your interest in a way, you know, I, and then just, and self-reflection is huge, especially when you're trying to figure out what you want to do because you don't want to pick something that just because you're good at it or just because it makes money, um, you want to pick something where you feel like you can do well and get better at, but be happy doing it. Mm. Do you feel like what you're doing is going to make you, is going to sustain this happiness? I mean, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes teaching is what makes me unhappy some days because I maybe feel like I didn't do a very good job or that day was really hard because I teach a class of freshmen who make my life hard sometimes <laughs> or something. Uh, you know, you're, you're definitely gonna have days where it doesn't feel like it was necessarily, you know, the best day. But ultimately, you know, what you're doing with your life, is it making you happy? And mm -hmm. is it sustaining the life that you want? Because it's not all about what you have in life, but it's about what you're doing. And that's really where you decide that's really what makes you happy it's what you're what you're doing with your life if you're in a job that makes a lot of money that you're in it because you're good at it but it takes up all your time so my husband for example he was really good at what he did and he was making decent money but it was taking up 12 hours of his day and he didn't really get anything out of it for his own life so he would come home so his quality of life wasn't as good you know so now he makes less money and that's okay um, but he I mean, he's a much happier person. Mm -hmm. So that's my, so just, just dabble, dabble in everything. Be a camp counselor, do different, like just be open and do different things. I think that's uh, incredible advice <clears throat> for every one of our listeners. Um, you know, I know some of our uh, uh, older listeners are reinventing themselves and they're looking for purpose and they're thinking and reflecting on what they've spent a good chunk of their life doing and asking themselves, okay, what, what does the next chapter of my life look like? Uh, the one point that you brought up that I think is just so valuable is, is volunteering, looking for ways that you can serve. Uh, when you serve others, that's when you start to see more opportunity. A lot of times we live in like a bubble and we get consumed with what's going on in our life and, uh, and there's a lot that's going on, but when you stretch yourself and you work with people that are different than you, maybe have uh, different beliefs or come from a different place, and then you just start to put yourself out there, you begin to tap into areas of your life that you didn't know existed. And you get, you know, you work on empathy and compassion and understanding and respect. Uh, and then with every one of those qualities come more opportunities. And you start to think about, you know, okay, making bu big bucks, is a, it's, it's a nice thing, but if I can walk away at the end of the day 
and reflect and know that I helped change a life or I, I poured into a life or for us as educators, and we're not talking about everybody becoming teachers, but I always joke around when you do get that email from a former student, that's your bonus check. Oh yeah. You know, when, when a student comes back and says, hey, Mrs. Stazak or Mr. Horner, um, that moment in academy that you, you talked with me or the fact that you showed up at my game or the fact that you pointed at me from the stage while you were seeing it and said hi, those are the things that, that make a difference. Those are our bonus checks. And um, Can it, I interject a, yeah. a minute? That, that doesn't mean that either one of us is saying that if you're not in something like teaching that you're not gonna make a difference. Like if you decide you wanna be a patent attorney, then you're gonna make a difference in those people's yeah. lives. If you if you are an electrician or you know your job doesn't define you. It can depending on what you're doing, but it, it doesn't define you. It doesn't mean it just it, you might have a job or maybe your parents have a job that they don't love but it pays the bills. So it's what you do with the rest of your time and your life. And so you you make sure if your job is not fulfilling you and giving you these experiences, then the volunteering or being involved in, in other things will. Because, I mean, I don't want to say that every, every job out there and every career path you choose is going to fulfill your life forever. Because it, I mean, let's be real, not, yeah. ev not every career can do yeah. that. But um, just leave yourself open for that. Um, and there was another point I was going was gonna to say, too, is that, what was it? What was it? It was about being, oops, uh-oh. It's about being involved, <laughs> volunteering. I don't know, I'll think of it. Well, and I, 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 you raised such a valid point. We're not demeaning any profession no. at all. Just no. saying that don't be defined by your profession. Correct. Look for ways that you can serve because our world needs that today. And people need, people need compassion and understanding. Yes. And I wanted to add, it doesn't mean you can't have your niche and your group of people that are like, that are like you. you. You can still be a part of your group and have the same, you know, same likes and dislikes and, and, and have this like home base of people while you still have mm -hmm. empathy and learn about other yep. people and things and values and beliefs. And I mean, my, I'm, I don't know if you guys know this, I've told a lot of my classes, I'm Palestinian. Um, my, I was the only one born in the States and you know, I have a whole other side of my life that I think has really kind of driven me to, to do some of the things that I've done mm. and it's but people wouldn't necessarily know that because it's not like I'm you know I don't know like it, it's hard to explain but well you know what I, I maybe that means we need to bring it back for round two oh, because the bell's about to ring here oh, in just sorry, a second uh, please don't apologize your story is amazing and I think uh, members of our audience are, are catching um, a glimpse as to why uh, you are such an effective educator and you are so good at what you do because um, you hone in on relationships and you're the type of teacher that a student feels comfortable coming to and knows that you're going to advocate for them and it's one of the reasons why you're one of my favorite <laughs> educators here and it's one of the reasons that I so deeply respect you and what you do for our school and I'm so thankful that this is the interview that we get to kick off season two with. Well, uh, you truly are a rock star in more ways than one. And, um, and you're a blessing to us. So thank you for all that you do. Thanks. And uh, I don't want to end. I want to keep I'm going. But the bell's going to ring. So we're <laughs> going to give you a, a goodbye clap.
Thank you, Mr. Stazak. Uh, if you have listened to this podcast and you made it all the way to the end, I know this is a little bit long, but what an awesome uh, interview. Please do me a favor. Make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss a, uh, an episode. Make sure that you share this out. Uh, and please hop on whatever listening platform it is that you uh, listen to your podcast and give us a rating. That's how we can get this message out that we have extraordinary people here, here who love the kids of Talmadge City Schools. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed our interview today. Be sure to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you are listening on. And also feel free to follow me on Instagram at, at Mr. Horner the Teacher or on Twitter at THS Mr. Underscore Horner for podcast updates, blog updates, and more information about our guests. If you liked what you heard, I would appreciate if you give us a review and share the episode. Help me get the message out about how incredible our community is and how awesome our teachers are. If you haven't, make sure you go back and listen to past interviews. There are a lot of amazing people that we've had the privilege of interviewing. Until next time, go Blue Devils.